Is everybody here? Herb, Tony. Blau. Yep, Herb. Yep. Herb, Tony. Okay. Yep, I'm here. <laughs> right, Three, two, one. Welcome, uh, sports fans, to the, I think it's the 15th edition this year of the TMG podcast. Uh, this is Chris Dufresne, and we are recording live on tape from uh, RevRec Recordings, Revelation Recordings in Chino, RevRec at RevRec Chino. Um, and uh, we're happy to be here. Uh before we get started, let's thank our sponsor, APBAGames.com, the unchallenged king of quality sports strategy games. And I just thought of this before we went on. Mark Blauchin is our resident APBA games expert. Uh, Jersey guy, I was thinking about this with the uh, the great board game, baseball board game. Does APBA games, do they have a, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a cheating factor. I mean, like with the Astros, can you play the game? Can you steal? Can you steal signs? Um, you know, in in a World Series game and win that way. I, I don't know that because that I don't know if they account for that or not. Do you, can you do they that? Have, they have a rare play section with some unusual uh, plays. I, they even have rainouts. I think in, in, in some of those games. Uh, I, I remember. I don't know stealing stealing signs. I don't know. That's, that's new generation. <laughs> They may have to update update their uh, their software, you know, at least for the online. But anyway, uh, again, uh, we are recording on a Monday um, in advance of the second to last college football selection rankings. Uh, let's catch everybody up, and uh, you'll be listening to this after the release on Tuesday. But uh, last week we had a a, a significant change where o- Ohio State took over the number one spot from LSU. It might might be temporary. Um, we'll see what happens tomorrow, and we'll see what, what happens uh, next week. But uh, that number one spot is shaping up to be, you know, huge. Uh, and as in, as in, you want to be number one um, because uh, finishing number two likely means you're going to have to face Clemson. Uh, now this is this, everything, you know, plays out as as scheduled. But as uh, and Tony will probably get into this a little bit. But let's start with Tony Barnhart. Uh, as we do every week, with what we learned and uh, what, what we know for sure, I think now is that Alabama is officially out of the uh, college football playoff. It took a lot. You know, they're like Rasputin trying to kill these guys. Yes, they're definitely out, which is, which I promise you, everybody who sits on the selection committee <laughs> breathe a big sigh of relief about that one because right. they did not want. They didn't even want to have the conversation, right. okay? They really didn't. No. And so that part of it is over. I think the thing, the main thing we learned this weekend is that Gus Malzahn, after his second win over Nick Saban in the last three meetings and his third in seven meetings, I guess for at least a month or two, he's off the hot seat at all. So we're, we're, happy, we're all happy about that. Right. Um and what what else did you learn about this? Is this the ne- the end of? Uh, there's a lot of I think sort of funny stories yeah. out there about the end of the end of the Alabama dynasty uh, in concert with maybe the end of the New England dynasty with Bill uh, with Belichick, <laughs> which is sort of comical. But uh, yeah, I I, I I did write. I said it's a little little too early to say this is the end of the Saban dynasty. The fact of the matter is is that. 
four out of his last five recruiting classes have been rated number one. And the other class was rated number six. So, listen, look, guys, Alabama was a flawed team from the very beginning. As soon as they lost Dylan Moses, their, their middle linebacker, who is the quarterback of the defense, it became pretty clear that the defense at Alabama was going to be a liability and not an asset. But they compensated for it with a generational quarterback and probably the best set of four receivers that we've ever seen, certainly one of them. And they covered up, they covered up a lot of problems they had by outscoring people. Well, they, they couldn't do it against LSU, and they couldn't do it against Auburn. And it, it all finally caught up with them. But they're still going to finish 10-2 and two with a chance to go 11-2. God, what a wretched season for them. Right. And, uh, you know, but it will be seen <laughs> you'll be see, by some, it will be seen as that. Yeah. Um, yep. uh, anyway, let's go. Uh, Jersey guy, a lot of news on your, on your front. But what, what did you learn this weekend? I know we'll get into the a lot of the uh, coaching carousel stuff, but uh, just a you know quick quick hitter about what you learned. Well, just from the, from the action on the field, uh, it looks like we were, we're set up for a short uh, final four. If, if the uh, favorites hold up in the championship games this week, we we might indeed have LSU. Uh, um, what do you call it? Um, Ohio State, Clemson, and and either Oklahoma or or, or uh, Utah. And that'll be a diverse final four, which Google will be happy about, get out of the South region, and it could be an interesting, great final four. Yeah, uh, no doubt. Herbie, uh, what did you learn this weekend? Uh, another tough loss for the well, Jim Harbaugh's, but uh, uh, Ohio State looked. Yeah, you know that's. The, I mean, Ohio State marching on, uh, as as just mentioned. I mean, we're we're tracking for a a diverse final four, which is always good. Um, but I think the biggest thing might just be just the the level that Michigan football has sunk to from a perception standpoint. Yeah. Uh, you know, that their own people, their most beloved fans are are, you know, they they've run out of ideas and they've just accepted that 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 they're gonna get run over like a tank by Ohio State un, until there's a, a massive change at Michigan and, and you know that's that's a lingering thing that's going to go on at least until the next uh, Ohio State Michigan game in a year and, and, and from the looks of it a lot longer than that I mean, yeah. that, that's the big one and then Wisconsin I'm sorry yeah. go ahead no, Herbie I was just going to say I said, I've got the answer right now for Michigan get better players they don't, yeah. well, they, exactly. don't as, they don't have as many good players as Ohio State does. They they don't, and you know uh, I've seen things written that they don't. That that's partly because Harbaugh doesn't go into that that national competitive recruiting pool where you see the Ohio States and Alabamas. You know those those people are recruiting the you know five stars, six stars, however many stars they have, uh, and, and Michigan hasn't done that and. You know, that's the most obvious thing. I mean, Shea Patterson is not on the same level as the top four or five elite quarterbacks around the nation. And <laughs> if you're going to beat those guys, you better have one of those guys. Well, I mean, they, they tried right, to do this. Tony. Right. They tried to do the same thing. I mean, uh, they got a, a, cran- a quarterback transfer out of the SEC, and, and so, did o- so did Ohio State. But the, the one that Ohio State got was better. Uh, you know, it's like right. I think they're trying uh, – it might it might also be possible that that this is just 
one of the best, uh, I think uh, Urban Myers or somebody said it, uh, might have been I think Barry, uh, Barry Alvarez. This is the best Ohio. This could be the best Ohio State team ever. Um, and he, you're, you are up against that factor. This is you look at them. They look like they got NFL players all over the place. They look kind of like Alabama, you know, uh, uh, type, uh, you know, makeup. Um, and it, and it wasn't just Urban. It wasn't Urban Meyer as much as it was Urban Meyer and all that and, and a great team he left. To, to Ryan Day, so they might just have to wait out this cycle of of Ohio State hmm. dominance. I don't know, um, Tony. Let's uh, let me ask you again about the all important one, number one ranking. And a lot of years it doesn't mean as much, but man, I re- uh, if you're LSU or, or or Ohio State, you really want to get that that top spot. It's huge. It's happening because it's the way it works, guys. I mean, there's a lot of misconceptions about how it works. Is that you know the selection committee ultimately seeds the teams and makes the pairings in the semifinal. But if you're the number one seed, you get a lot of input as to where you want to go. And if if you're if you are Ohio State and you're the number one seed, you've got a decision to make. Right. The decision is, do you want to go to Atlanta, Georgia, or do you want to go to Glendale, Arizona? Well, the answer to the question is, who's, who have I got to play? If yeah. I've got to play LSU, if Georgia beats LSU and LSU stays in and drops the four, Ohio State does not want to play LSU and Atlanta, Georgia. Right. They want to go to Arizona. But if Ohio State is playing Utah, then they can just take the best, best one geographically. Vice versa, if LSU can get the number one, obviously LSU wants to play in Atlanta. So you get, you get, you get, it ain't a home field advantage, but you get to have the travel situation that you want. So it is important who the committee puts as number one. Yeah. And, th- and this year, it's like you don't, you don't want to, ha- you don't want to play Clemson, right? I mean, you don't want to play Clemson, yeah. uh, which is what happens if, you know, if you're number two, you're, you're likely to play Clemson in the, in the semifinals. Um, and, uh, you know, that's something you want to avoid, I think. Uh, but, uh, Jersey guy, let's talk a bit, a little bit about the, the number four spot, um, uh, which, you know, believe it or not, here we're sitting December 2nd or whatever date it is, early December. Um, uh, the Pac-12 is still in it, right? I mean, every, I've heard every week since August that the Pac-12 was out of it, but I think, they they're in it till the final weekend. And look, the committee said last week uh, about Ohio State at number one is that they were a complete team. And now LSU answered that with a fifty to seven win. But they're looking for a team. And if you look at the three schools battling for that fourth spot, Utah is the m- most team. You know, like Ohio State. I'm not saying they're as they're as good as Ohio State, but they are a a Great defensive team, and they're also picking it up on offense. Tell Blau, what about uh, that four spot? How do you see it? Well, I, I think it. I mean, obviously, the game next this weekend uh, will determine that. I think if Utah beats Oregon, which I don't think is a given, but I think no. they every favorite. They should, should be favorite, and, and they are. They're playing better than, than Oregon right now. If they win that game, then I think it's it, it's a matter of in Utah better root for Baylor to beat Oklahoma because I think if Oklahoma. Beats Baylor again, 
then I, then I think the edge is going to go to Oklahoma. And I, don't, I can't give you any definitive reason why. So I just think that that's the feeling I get from, from talking to people and, 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 and where, you know, where, where it stands in terms of uh, they, they, make, they make their measurables. And Utah is ranked higher right now. But, I, I, again, is Baylor is ranked higher than Oregon right now. So they'll still say that the win over Baylor will, will be worth more than the win over Oregon. Well, so having said that, I don't think Baylor has any any. It was Baylor and Utah. I think Utah wins very easily. Right. Well, if you apply the Ohio State logic, the committee applied last week. Utah this week. Here, here's the uh, top four total defense in the NCAA: Ohio State, Clemson, Utah, Georgia. Scoring defense: Clemson, Georgia, Utah, Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State, Utah is playing with the big boys in, in total D. Oklahoma is 52nd in scoring defense, mm-hmm. 26th in the total defense. Baylor's 39 in total defense. So if you apply the Ohio State rule to U- to Utah, how does how does Utah not get in under, under that under that basis? Anybody? Well, I think one Chris, key. Chris. One key... <laughs> Go, Go ahead, Go ahead. I was just going to say, one, one key in my mind is what, what kind of Oklahoma defense do we see against Baylor? Uh, if, if they have a, if they win 49 to 46, right. Good I point. think that, 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 that leans toward uh, Utah. If they win, you know, 49 to 10, you know, or 49 to 14, you know, I mean, if, if Oklahoma plays a little more defense, they, and they did do that they early did. in the year, and then, and then they did do that for a while. You know, I think that'll weigh heavily when the committee makes a choice there. Tony, you were. Well, gonna... I'm just going to say that the, the the answer that nobody wants to hear is that Oklahoma is Oklahoma and Utah is Utah. Yeah. And I think I think that is, I think that is a factor. And I will say this: if I'm if I'm sitting on the committee, I'm thinking about the fact that Oklahoma, the last two times we put Oklahoma in, they got boat raced. Okay? Yeah. They gave up in the 40s. Georgia, they couldn't stop Georgia and they couldn't stop Alabama last year. Right. And give, give somebody else a, I agree with you, Duke. I think the, I think the idea that this is clearly the best defense that Kyle Woodenham, Woodenham yeah. ever had. So it's the best, this is the best team he's ever had. And Duke, you were telling me this summer that Utah was yeah. a better team. So I think Utah is very deserving, but I'm trying to sit here and outguess the committee. And I, I just got to believe that if Oklahoma is sitting there at twelve and one with two, with two wins over Baylor, uh, man, oh man, that, that's yeah. going to be a tough decision. It's, it is going to be tough, and it might, and it might be like Herb said, it could come down to um, really what are the scores of these games and how do these teams play? And, and you look at what happened last week, guys. Every one of these contenders kind of took what the committee was saying to heart. Uh, and if you didn't think these guys were, were trying to roll it up on everybody, look at the scores of the of, of the contenders, uh, the lopsided scores. Uh, Utah was throwing the ball in the fourth quarter, and Utah yeah. normally would not do that. But uh, they knew that they had to put, you know, they, they had to get in the 40s was a lot better than winning a 30 to 15 game. They, they needed to get to 45. Um, I'm not sure this is healthy, and this is you know kind of what the BCS tried to eliminate from uh, uh, you know consideration was the margin of victory. But boy, we saw a lot of putting it on it, right? I mean, look at what LSU did. I was, I was on a con- I was on a I was on a conference call with Ed Orgeron yesterday. Yeah, and he was asked about this very subject, 
He said, he, he said his players, when they heard the committee chairman, Rob Mullen, say the reason they bumped LSU to number two was because of the defense. <laughs> right. The defense took that person. They did. Okay. Uh, final score, 50-7 to seven over, <laughs> over Texas A&M. They held Texas A&M to 169 yards of total offense and six quarterback sacks. Wow, a little bit different from last year's game, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Um, but again, a lot of these unintended consequences of the of the playoff, and this is the one that still bothers me. What does a conference championship mean anymore? We're looking. We have a situation this weekend where um, Ohio State can lose the Big Ten title and still get in. LSU can lose the SEC title and still get in. Uh, yeah. Alabama had hit uh, defeated Auburn would have not won the SEC but still been in the playoff contention. Uh, is this a, a, an anomaly because we have just two really outstanding teams, or is this a problem, Herbie? What do you think about this? No, I, I think that this is something that we've seen all along. I mean, I think it wasn't it the very first playoff Ohio State right. um, was able to you know. We've seen that with Ohio State and Penn State. I mean, the conference championship has been diminished in a way, uh, and I don't know that that's going to change because this is the the philosophy. I mean, and Tony has very eloquently put it that you know uh, the SEC isn't going to go for a deal where you throw a ton of weight into conference championships because then all of a sudden your at large deal is diminished. So no, this is this is just what this system is. I, I, I've sort of stopped worrying about it because it doesn't matter. You know, I mean, look at Wisconsin as a perfect example. They lose by one point at Illinois, and that dumps them out of this equation. I mean, and not that they're going to beat Ohio State, but if if they would have beaten Ohio State and they're a one-loss team, then they they got a really good case. No, oh, they're but as a two-loss champion. Yeah, as a two-loss champion. They're, they have no chance, uh, as, as far as we think it's on, on a today. And a, I mean, I don't see a scenario where unless, a two uh, loss with Conson, yeah. uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, unless Cle- uh, Clemson loses, uh, which I don't, I don't see happening. But yeah, Wisconsin can win the Big Ten and and, uh, and beat number one, um, and they're not in. Simple as yep. that. So That's it's exactly. uh, well. Re- remember, guys, when this whole thing started. It was a couple of things. It was the four best teams, okay? wasn't the four best conference champions. It was the four best teams. And it was about your body of work. And when they talk about your body of work, it doesn't mean – and you're, you're 12-1. and one. It doesn't matter if you, lost, if you lost that one game on September 7th or December 7th. It doesn't matter. And that's, that's the reason – I think it is unusual to have two undefeated teams – like Ohio State and LSU at the very, very top, and Clemson, uh, but that, that's just the nature, the nature of the beast. I mean, not going to make these conference championship games elimination games. They're they're not they're not going to do that. Sometimes no. it works out that way. But if you if you're like if you're a twelve and zero LSU team and you've got wins over Texas, Florida, Auburn, and Alabama. You think that resume is better than any other twelve and one team that we're going to have? Yeah, I, I'm not. Uh, so, I don't, and, yeah. and, and that and that's the reason why. Yeah, so, I'm not. Tony, how do you how, how do you sell the opposite? Let's say Wisconsin beats Ohio State, right? 
Tony, that's he was asked. He was, he was answering Herb's question with that with that uh, statement. It's like he's already preparing. Uh, but I think Herb's right. I think you know Clemson is out uh, with a loss. If I mean, do, would you put uh, uh, Big Ten champion Wisconsin in over one loss Clemson? Uh, maybe that's how the Wisconsin gets in. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, that's why Dabo was <laughs> was squawking oh, oh, a bit. You know, and got. And guys, one other thing uh, to, to Herb's question or to, uh, to Blau's question, actually, how do you sell? How do you sell Ohio State over Wisconsin? You sell Ohio State over Wisconsin, saying they're one and one against each other. They beat them thirty-eight to seven earlier this year. Yeah, and, and one right. loss is better than two, <laughs> right? Yeah, you, you, Herb, you keep saying that every week, and every every week it's uh, you know it, it, it's true. I think. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it could be interesting. Um, I'm trying to think of d- disaster scenarios out there. Uh, but yeah, if, uh, and we, I think we just talked about it. What <laughs> If both Ohio state and LSU, uh, if Ohio state and LSU both lose, yeah, that, that's pretty bad. What, what happens? <coughs> uh, Georgia gets in oh, for I, sure. Georgia, LSU Georgia, are in. Georgia uh, gets in, Georgia gets in, and Clemson gets in, and neither the Big Ten, neither the Pac-12 or the Big 12 get in. Right. And the, and the, and the Big Ten champion doesn't get in. Right. That's bad. <laughs> That's pretty bad, yeah. I think I, I think that goes back to uh, to Blau's optics question. That's, that's, a, that's a bad look. Three, three yeah. out of the three, – <laughs> three conference champions don't get in, right, out of the five? Right. And then they will have an 18 playoff with, on, the, on the board. With oh, yeah. Well, the, the thing about it is you can't anticipate every every game or every outcome. And, 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 if, and if you're not going to do conference champions automatic, which, you know, that, that's going to be the next big argument we have. When, right. when, we go to, when we go to eight, that will be the mother of all arguments because everybody will say we're tired of this drama. Conference champions get in. Period. Yeah, you we'll, 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 we'll use a committee. Yeah, we we'll, we'll use the committee to pick the three at largest, or we'll give an at large berth to the best in the group of five and pick two at largest to cover up the uh, bad stuff that happens. We the, those two extra picks bail us out. Right. Well, you know, the other way you can simplify this is 
Clemson and South Carolina need to trade leagues. And then we get, we get Clemson in the in the SEC, and now you've got four power conferences. And and let's get rid of this myth about uh, Power Five because there are only four power there are only four power conferences, and we keep pretending there's five. So that would solve that. Then that would be real easy to find your conference. Well, <laughs> we we keep trying to prop up an ACC team every week, thinking, well, this is going to be the one. And last week's the flavor of the week was Virginia Tech. Watch out for Virginia Tech. They Bud Foster uh, going away, you know, defense and all this, and then they lose to Virginia. You know, every one of these teams, we 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 hope will step up. And uh, uh, I, I, you know, and you know, the next best best ACC team is still, I guess, Notre Dame. You know, is half member Notre Dame. Uh, but again, Blau, you mentioned this before. Um, a second S, uh, ACC team is going to the Orange Bowl, right? Right. Virginia, Virginia, win or lose, will probably go to the Orange Bowl. I mean, it could be, I mean, it could be fifty-six to nothing. They're still, they're still probably going to the Orange Bowl with four losses. <laughs> and and as far from being ranked as you can be, right? I mean, they will, they will not be, they will be unranked. Uh, yeah, probably. And some, and some right, good. Yeah, team. I mean, that's another. You, you just uh, mentioned. Go ahead. No, no, I mean, the ACC is emerged. I mean, they're, they're, I mean, the ACC is. I mean. The ACC Coastal, they all have, they're all going to have three or four losses. Right. Yeah, uh, and and yet Notre Dame's deal does not allow them to no. parlay their ACC uh, no, it does not. Uh, affiliation in. I mean, there there are ways they could slide into the Orange Bowl, but it would have to be against an ACC team, and that correct. Is, I mean, that is just mm-hmm. never ever going to happen. But you know, I, the reason I mention that is because I, I've just been thinking about you know. I, this week's Notre Dame piece, and that might be, you know, they're ten and two, and we haven't we haven't even talked about Notre Dame. I think since they lost to Michigan, and right. I think that we're a very good sample because Notre Dame just drops off the map if they aren't in the national championship hunt, and you know that's like the quietest ten and two you've ever seen. They're going to end up in the camping world bowl or something like that. And they're going to, you know, they're, they're probably going to play somebody like Texas, you know, and, and what are they going to do? They're going to bring back Joe Montana and, <laughs> and uh, the ghost of Daryl Royal. You know, I mean, it, it's just amazing that Notre Dame, you know, I was thinking about it because last night I was watching the, the uh, replay of that ESPN piece about how, uh, you know, Notre Dame is, you know, in a lot of ways, I mean, that's, that's it's certainly in the, the handful of great programs, and yet they're not in the discussion. You know, there's no, I mean, at least with Texas these days and Michigan, you say, oh, well, they're bad. What are they going to do about it? Notre Dame just wins 10 games and is irrelevant. It, it's a very bizarre situation in my mind. Yeah. The problem, the problem, Herb, was our last uh, image of Notre Dame was Brian Kelly and that rain slicker. You know, just getting like it was like a you know just a soaking wet, uh, miserable performance, and uh, yeah, that was it. I mean, we basically just wrote them off that night, um, and there's really nothing m- much better they can do. Um, uh, let's get before we we wrap this up, uh, Tony. I wanted I wanted to get into the you know this is kind of the silly season uh, for coaching changes. Um, the SEC had a lot of them, but I think the Ole Miss. Uh, situation surprised you and a lot of people that Matt Luke was let yeah. go. Uh, now we are all wondering 
whether that outrageous, you know, scene on uh, in the Egg Bowl where the dog, you know, the the dog, the peeing incident at the end of the game, did that have anything to do with what what, what happened? Uh, and and then maybe just give us a, uh, you know, a sum up. The 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 irony of all this, the irony of that thing is that it may have cost Matt Lucas' job and saved Joe Moorhead his job at Mississippi <laughs> State. That's the you know somebody else tweeted this. It's going to make a hell of a book someday. You got you got to know that. Oh. Uh, the the people that I heard from because I tweeted out that, that, that the old Miss decision to fire Matt Lucas surprised me because I thought in. Uh, the quarterback, John Rice Plumley and having Rich Rod build the offense around him, I thought they had sort of hit on something that made them uh, unique, and they got Mike McIntyre's defensive coordinator. Oh, by the way, by firing those two guys, they owe them both a, a total of $5 million. Dis- uh, assistance? Yeah, as a party gift. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> wow. Because so the, wow. they, they, they both had three-year contracts. And so, yeah. And that'll be a nice little parting gift for everybody there. The uh, the issue the, the the thing that happened in the end zone, the fake dog, the simulation dog peeing, is something that another LSU uh, Ole Miss wide receiver had done. So the whole thing was choreographed, and people use it. There's there is yet another example of Matt Luke not having it running a disciplined program. I think that's bogus. I don't believe that. But that was the excuse that a lot of people used. I also heard from all these people that attendance had really started to drop because people were losing enthusiasm, which tells me that the old Miss folks are pretty delusional about right now because <laughs> they think life life is supposed to be the way it was for those two years under Hugh Freeze when they beat Alabama. Right? Uh, yeah, that we all know that there were some complicating issues to that particular point in time in Ole Miss history. So, but that uh, the three openings in the SEC: Ole Miss, Arkansas, and Missouri. Missouri surprised me a little bit, but uh, we'll uh, we will see. Uh, but uh, of those three openings in the SEC, the Ole Miss one surprised me the most. Now, Tony, uh, Arkansas is open. Is there any chance we can get Lane Kiffin back in? In the SEC, is that is is there any chance we can make that happen, or is that just delusional? Well, I'm, I'm trying to get Lane Kiffin to Florida State. Okay? Oh, there so you go. I'm trying okay. to get him there, I'm, and I'm, I'm trying to get Mike Leach to Arkansas. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Good I, luck. I want, I want the inter, I want the entertainment value at SEC Media Days. Okay, since since we lost Les Miles and Steve Spurrier, we're just not having as much fun as we used to have, and so we need to get we need to get Mike Leach Leach to come and sort of feel that and. And Mike likes to live at sort of remote That's kind right. of places. Lubbock, Lubbock, Texas, Pullman, Washington, Fayetteville, Arkansas fits very neatly into into that into that group. And uh, they need to do something different than the rest of the SEC West. They're not going to out Alabama, Alabama, or Auburn or LSU. So they need to throw the ball around the ball yard a little bit. So yeah. that's who I'd like to see at Arkansas. Well, all you have to do to counter that is hire the defensive coordinator at Washington, Jimmy Lake, who has uh, – Washington has beaten Mike Leach seven years in a row, and for they have they have some mystic kryptonite for that air raid because Washington State can't score against Washington. It's just, you know, it, oh, it's oh, uncanny. Oh, excuse, uh, excuse me. Excuse me, dude. I just saw on Twitter that Chris Peterson stepping down. 
I did not. No, I didn't see that. Yes, it's it's on it's on Twitter. Well, it must be true. <laughs> well, it must be true. I mean, I'll, I, I will I will try to look that up. Yeah, because you mentioned Lake, the coordinator. He's going to take. He's apparently he's going to take over. Let me let me look this up. Wow. You guys keep talking amongst yourselves. Here. Okay, let's go to a, a Jersey guy. A lot of news on your on your seaboard. Finally, we got some interesting stuff. Uh, Boston College, Steve Adazio out. Uh, Rutgers, Greg Schiano after a circus uh, recruiting go, go process. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Greg Schiano was in. Here's my question. You know, Greg Schiano was great at uh, Rutgers when they were in the Big East. Uh, they're in the Big Ten now. Uh, you know, is he going to have any, you know, uh, significant of impact on that program in the big, you know, going in against Big Big Ten people? Oh, it's going to be much different. I mean, in the, in the, he could compete in the Big East in the, without question. Uh, the best he can do with Rutgers is fourth place in the, in the, uh, in the uh, Big Ten East. I mean, Ohio State, Michigan State. I mean, Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State are all, all going to be ahead of them, you know, and then it could be Michigan State as well. So he's going he's gonna to have a tough road to, to go. But that was the only guy Rutgers could hire to get any credibility back in the program because they had become the laughing stock of college football with, with everything they did on the field and off the field. Yeah. As for BC, David Dazio, 44 and 44 after seven years. You know, uh, he had more than enough time to prove himself, couldn't get over the hump. He finally made the move. I think it was the right time to do it. Uh, now let's see if the ball's in their hands. Let's see what they do. It's, I, I think it's a good job because, one thing, all you got to do with the BC is win eight games and people leave you, around for 20, leave you alone. And, you, and the ACC is a downward cycle, so you, you can do it. So I think it'll be a, a, it's an attractive job. They pay decent money, uh, and, and, and they, they, they can get to the next level if they get the right guy. Now, what, what about Drum, the AD does that. I mean, they had a press conference today. Said they want to be better. They want to compete in the top twenty-five. Let's see if they can do it. Yeah. Um, is our intrepid reporter from Atlanta? We do. We have an update. Tony. Yes, Barnum. we do. Con- con- confirmed by statements from the University of Washington, Chris Peterson, fifty-five, announced Monday that he will step down from his position as the Husky after the bowl game. He really? Will, he will move into a leadership advisory role with the program defensive coordinator Jimmy Lake. Will take over as the team's head coach. Isn't that interesting? Oh, okay. Fifty-five well, boys, fifty-five. That's that's you know that's Urban Meyer step aside age. Bob Stoops, that's right? Three coaches who stepped away before sixty. Yeah, well, you know. Well, yeah, and you don't know. I mean, I, I don't. Maybe you know more about it, but Stoops uh, being out there. But you know, sometimes you know when there's a Jimmy Lake or a Ryan Day, you know, waiting in the wings, maybe that speeds up the. The process, uh, it, 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 it's really an interesting development that a guy would leave at that point, though. Yeah, I mean, Chris Peterson has been, uh, he, look, Washington has been very good uh, for all you know all the years that he's been there. But something happened when he got there. He, he, he kind of left every, all the innovation and uh, all, we, all of the things we saw at Boise State, he left in Boise. Um, and he became a traditional coach because he had better players at Washington, and and he and he was trying to win a different way in a league that was going you know radically towards uh, wide open offenses. And uh, I I say he mildly underachieved there, although they did make the playoff. Um, but that is an interesting move. 
Um, and uh, we'll see what else happens. Uh, but but Herb and getting back to to Blau's point about and I looked this up last week. You look back at expansion and 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 teams that that left conferences for other conferences. The only and look look at Utah. Utah is is trying to win um, its first Pac-12 title. They, they they got in the league in 2011. But Blau BC has been horrible since moving to the. Uh, not well. I would say horrible, uh, but mediocre. Not, not mediocre. But uh, but and Herbie, Maryland, um, uh, Nebraska, and Rutgers, horrible, horrible since moving into the Big Ten. Um, yeah, you know, though. I mean, I think that what we forget about these things is those are those are very much money and and financial yep. stability driven moves. And, uh, you know, Blau made that point really well. I mean, even, you know, Greg Sciano coming back is a really nice PR kind of a move, the way Illinois did with Lovey Smith. You give yourself some credibility. And if he gets them to, if he gets them to six and six, you know, he should get a medal. And, and if he gets to eight and four, even once, he should, you know, be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, it's a, just a tough deal in that division. But, you know that they've guaranteed the stability of that that program and that university for, you know, for time. Who knows? You know, for it's just that's the only way they can do it. And I totally agree with Blau too about the BC job. I mean, given that the ACC is such a, a you know underachieving conference, you would think that BC with its with its uh, background. And, and tradition could find somebody and could get that going. I mean, it's a little tougher to recruit up there maybe, but, you know, that's a program that's got a lot of history and, yeah. and that's a league that's ripe for somebody to to, to uh, start achieving. Yeah, but like you said, all these these tra- these uh, moves were, were made for, and, you know, financially they've been great. But, Tony, even you look at uh, Missouri and A&M coming into the SEC, you know, A&M is barely over 500. Uh, and and you know Jimbo's got his hands hands filled just tr- you know trying to get get to six wins and seven wins every year. Uh, the the only team that's really done well, and I, I looked this up last week, the star of expansion in another league has been Virginia Tech, uh, mm-hmm. moving from the from the but they're really the only team that has that had a had a significant you know impact on the league they joined. You know, Miami, very mediocre. Uh, Syracuse, Pitt, Louisville, uh, Missouri. Although Missouri won the, the SEC East a couple times. Um, Texas A&M, struggling. But like you said, financially, Rutgers and Maryland and Nebraska, they're all they're all reaping the benefits of that. But uh, Well, yeah, and you know, it's sort, of, it's sort of poetic that, you know, Texas, with all of its struggles, I mean, I think Texas is responsible for as many of these dominoes as anybody <laughs> because right. it created all of that animosity and instability in the Big Twelve. Right. Uh, you know, if Texas if Texas played a little more fairly with its buddies, it would have a you would still have a, a, a much stronger Big Twelve, and then you wouldn't have had some of these other shifts. So, right. and and the reason it, that the reason that the Pac sixteen fell apart was because Texas wouldn't give up its its network. Uh, you sure. know, and joining the Pac-16, and the other, you know, uh, the USC's and the Washingtons of the world say, well, you know, Texas ain't running this show in this league, and they're going to have to share that revenue or they'll get rid of their network. And they wouldn't do it. 
but yeah, Texas Texas does what Texas wants. Um, yeah, boy, Texas makes Notre Dame look unselfish. <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> classic, classic. Well, yeah, think, think about Missouri and Texas A&M. I mean, they, they came from where they came from. They've been in the league. This is the what, eighth year for each one of them in this conference. Their revenue checks have gone from $20 million a year to $40 million a year in seven years. Okay? And that number is only going to go up. Uh, for those schools, and the, in, in about four years, five years, the SEC is going to renegotiate its contract with CBS. Uh, one of the most undervalued properties in all the sports is the SEC, is the SEC on CBS, and that that number is going to go up significantly. Yeah, but it's not translating to on the on the field though. It is that, it that, so that doesn't that doesn't oh, matter. Oh no, no, you're talking about wins and losses. I'm talking about money. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I mean this is, this is a money deal. What this, as Richard Petty used to say, this is one of the money deals. Okay, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is it is true. It is true that they have not won as much as they'd hoped. Right. Um, so it's all about money. All right. I think we've we've done a look. We're 45 minutes in. Uh, we've we've broken a couple stories that this this breaking story about Washington will be uh, uh, heard on uh, Wednesday or Thursday, so we'll be four days behind everyone else. And we may know something about USC by then. We didn't get into that because it's just so murky right now. But before we leave, a shout out to the Fighting Air Force Falcons, uh, our engineer and, and Rev Rec. This is a this is a heavy Air Force. Uh, room we're in right now and i'm getting thumbs up for air force the falcons although they can't win the the uh the the, the commander they can't win it right a 10 10 win season and what what good is it all right anyway all right uh good job guys and we will talk soon another great weekend this weekend championship weekend and until we meet again adios all right, all right boys good work boys okay Carry Talk on. to you soon. Carry on. Carry on.